Welcome to episode 134 of Coffee Pods and Wads. This episode is sponsored by Rain Bodyfield, the ultimate fitness focus, training support, your performance. BurtBoxCoachDevelopment.com, um, which is an online and soon to be in-person course um, aimed at assessing and developing you as a coach. And they're offering 20% off if you use the code PODS. Um, and you can use the same code in booking the gymnastics course, also um, partly run by Nathan Bird as well. Um, both are across at recognized courses, uh, BurbaxCoachDevelopment.com for more details on that one and the gymnasticscourse.com for dates and details on that. Uh, today's episode is with fittest in Cape Town champion and eight times fittest in South Africa, um, Jason Smith. He had literally just gotten the email confirming that athletes can travel to the US for the games just before we recorded. Um, so yeah, I mean that, you know, dominated quite a lot of the early conversation um we chatted about that a bit well he chatted about it a bit i just kind of like smiled and felt happy for a while um i regained composure afterwards and we chatted about competition uh jobs uh age and if it matters the cost of crossfit and his feelings of delusion after the 2019 games and his hunger to keep going until he basically can't go anymore uh, enjoy listen share and tag first of all thanks for doing this um i really appreciate you yeah, taking sure. the time out um, no, thanks a lot have you um have you got your trip sorted yet? Are you like are you allowed to travel freely or well I mean okay so up until this morning I've pretty much canned CrossFit games. I thought it was absolutely cancelled for myself. Okay. And I think a lot of the European athletes as well, because we're struggling so much to get yeah. access into the US. Um, especially now with the South Africa, we've just gone back into level four lockdown. Okay. So gyms have been closed um, or had to close this week. Um, but then we got an email this morning to say that CrossFit have gained from the government access for athletes. Yeah, maybe uh, you're probably the first one to hear of this. Oh. Um, so they've, yeah, they've granted CrossFit athletes access into the United States. From everywhere? From worldwide, yeah. Holy shit, that's amazing. So, but this now which I was also asking a few questions. I'm not sure if we still need to quarantine elsewhere before we go in. Or you might need to quarantine the, in America, maybe. Or if we're allowed in and then go into a quarantine period. I'd say if, 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 if they've, if they've like, I don't want to speculate, but I assume the way you phrased it there, if that's what CrossFit have said, it sounds like you can fly direct. And then maybe you might have to, I know, say Ireland changed its rules around um quarantine there was mandatory hotel quarantine for two weeks but they've changed it now for certain countries where you just you just quarantine yourself basically so wherever yeah um you you have to have a negative test within five days and then you're free to do it if you want so i'd say it'll be similar to that but um fuck that's amazing holy shit now that but that's also it's a bit of an issue from us because if you're flying into the states and then you got to do a seven-day quarantine period which initially was the standard two months ago or a month and a half yeah. ago i mean how as athletes do we do that well you see you they might I mean? they might make you quarantine in a hotel they might say into a bubble no i asked the question i said oh, can really? we go into a hotel where you've got a training facility for us they said no you need to do it by yourself oh, so i mean you how can't is go to, you couldn't go to like i'm trying to think i don't know you might know her but you couldn't go to like michelle Michelle's house. Yeah. You couldn't just I mean, go stay with her. Know. 
But I mean, Maybe. she's not going to have all the athletes also from Europe <laughs> doing that. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, well, she could have you, like, as the, the fellow South African qualifier. But, like, because I know, like, say, from uh, an Irish perspective, I know Emma McQuaid is really good friends with Sam Briggs. So I know her plan was, like, if I can just make it to Ohio, then I can yes. stay with her and I won't leave the house. Do you know, like, that kind yeah. of way? Um, For sure. So, yeah, that's interesting. Oh, yeah, okay. But I suppose my, aunt, the, it, my aunt also stays in Orlando, Florida. So... Okay. I was actually thinking if I could get in, I can go quarantine in her place because it won't cost me any money. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just it's basically food and stuff, and then just train from her her house. But up until this morning, they weren't gaining uh, access, allowing us access into the country anyway. So what was the point? But now with things changing, I might start looking at probably doing that. Yeah. Well, geez, you're in a better place than you were in yesterday. We'll yeah, for way. sure. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, games prep is starting now. <laughs> it's just like a mad scramble. For... <laughs> no, no, it's, it's crazy. It's kind of like up and down. Every day is a different story. So, yeah. If the airlines are smart, they'll just like crank up the price now this morning because yeah, like, they'll have gotten, the yeah, if they have, yeah, if they have someone with their ear to the ground, they'd be like, uh, maybe we should put up the flights from Cape Town, just increase the price a little bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's amazing though. Holy shit. What a good way yeah. to start my day. I'm so happy. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And that's obviously they, for all the European athletes as well. Oh, and there's so many from Australia. Yeah. Like it makes such a big difference. Um, no, well, Australia were actually, they were okay. But uh, yeah, the, because we were looking at the list and it was like what countries on that presidential order like what countries can't go and it was like europe including and it was literally a list of every country in europe but i was like you didn't no, need no. to say that including unless unless <laughs> i missed one unless like you know georgia are allowed in or somewhere <laughs> but like yeah no, it was interesting but um fuck that's incredible i'm so happy yeah. obviously yeah. then a lot of people were giving out the day before yesterday where crossfit said any country any athlete who can travel from a country, uh, you know, it was more or less like a tough shit kind of thing. Like, you know, what can you do? But they said, yeah, we're not going to backfill the places. So, and a lot of people were giving out about that. So obviously CrossFit knew that there was a good chance this would be okay. That there was a good chance yeah. that they would get it across the line. Cause this is huge. Yeah. Even just for the sport of cross, it's a big win for the sport of CrossFit too. Cause they've no, obviously no. gained recognition as yeah, say like they had sure. a strongman competition in California or somewhere last week. And people were like, yeah. how the fuck are those guys getting from England and Scotland and everywhere? But exactly. CrossFitters can't go. And it was because it's a recognized sport. So yeah. obviously CrossFit it's have ticked that box this, now, which is, that's massive. Like, Yeah, for sure. No, definitely. Yeah, because you got all the golfers and the rugby players and everyone yeah. traveling. It's like, how can we Oh, yeah, she was the Lions are in South Africa now, aren't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. And is that, okay, so level four lockdown, uh, does that mean no gyms, no pools, no... So like everything's unnecessary much shops. Down. Yeah. So except for the supermarkets and stuff, yeah. they're still open. Shit. But gyms, everything closed. But obviously, we are, are in the facility, so I'm still training and stuff. Yeah. Fuck yeah. everyone else. Exactly. <laughs> and it is um is because I saw you put up a thing uh the other day. You were playing golf. You're at uh, at a golf course or something. You said, "Oh, if they lock yeah. the gyms, we'll play golf." I assume yes. then when you put that up, you were like. CrossFit's over for the year. Like, who cares? Well, so now, are of, you having? Are you actually having to scramble a little bit and be like, "Oh shit, I better ramp things up." Yeah. So, I mean, up until this morning, I wasn't going to the games. So I'm kind of. I mean, I have been training. I train 
it, twice a day anyway. Yeah. Um, but not to the same intensity. But it's again. just been fun training, you know. Yeah. But now this morning, I kind of realized, should I actually got to get my ass into gear um, and then start games prep, <laughs> which is not um, too late. We still got a couple of weeks. So does it ramp up? See how things go. Does it ramp up pressure or does it like relax you that you haven't been intense about it so far that like does it like now are you like oh shit i really need to like push on or or are you of the mindset of like i mean i've qualified if i get there great if i do well great i'm just going to enjoy it kind of thing or are you like oh i really need to get my arson gear well for me i think it's just cleaning up certain areas um training will probably pick up a little bit i'll probably train on the the rest you know you take your rest days every now and then so i'll be training on those days as well where I take the rest days. Um, golf, I'll probably stop now because um, it's probably not going to come up in the games. <laughs> no, exactly. Well, I hope it does, but you never know. Um, so yeah, I'll stop with the golf and stuff. Just start swimming more. Um, well, with pools and stuff closed, I can't really at the moment unless I got an open water lake or something. It's probably a good idea. Um, and then obviously also cleaning up my diet a little bit, getting my mindset ready. That's kind of you know my games preparation. Just get all that stuff sorted. Yeah, you the you feel sorry for obviously you feel sorry for all the athletes that are you know have this kind of up in the air and everyone everyone has their own lives outside of the sport as well. Like you look at yeah, Sarah Saunders, you know who's uh, openly struggling with leaving her family and stuff, and there's other people yeah. like that as well. But you feel yeah. bad for people who've qualified for the first time and are haven't have been kind of saying like, okay, well I suppose I better get ready in case. Yeah, and then on, you know, off? yeah, no. yeah, like it's 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 um you're in a, I suppose, a bit of a privileged position in a way because you have the experience of having done it and you know what it takes and you know, you've made the mistakes maybe, or you've, you, you know, you've, you've honed your routine well so that you can maybe cram it in now to two weeks instead of needing the five weeks that you would have had. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, It's kind of, I mean, that's, that's kind of how you should, well, well, I believe that's how my training goes all the time. Anyway, you kind of fit all the time and that's how we train. It's just that extra, like I say, you're training on the off days not having your active rest days or nothing, you know? Hmm. Um, do you listen to podcasts when you're not, tra- I assume you listen to music when you're training. Do you listen to podcasts outside of that now? I uh, must be honest, I don't. Eh? No. <laughs> if I had the time, I would. But is, with is, kids um, in the gyms and work and everything, it's just so difficult for me just to get some time to myself. No, that's all right. I don't, I don't take offense by that. <laughs> you, uh, do you, is, is, uh, is golf your escape from CrossFit then? Is that like your, your hobby and CrossFit is your job kind of? Um, I'd like to think of both of them as my hobbies. Okay. Um, you know, I don't, I don't compete as an athlete to try and get as much money or, or that's my main income. Yeah. You know, at the moment it's, it's nothing at the moment because I obviously own the gyms as well. So I've got two gyms that I own. Um, and then got two, two or three businesses outside of owning the gyms and training. So that's what, what, what are doing. the, what are the two or three businesses outside of it? So I work with my father. We do plastic manufacturing. Okay. We manufacture plastic packaging and cable ties. So they kind of go hand in hand with the businesses yeah. that we run. Um, I'm partnered with my, one of my friends from school. We do, uh, like shop fittings. In oh, I've seen that. Your, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen you share. Yeah printing and stuff so we've kind of i kind of teamed up with them this year doing that um and then yeah trying to get uh, a wad league up and running which we run with uh, i will run with my brother and one of the friends from the gym as well okay. trying to get that up and like an online competition 
until gyms are opened up and everything's free to go, we want to do live events and stuff. So that's kind of something we're working on as well. So that's over and above all the training in the gyms that are, that we do. And are you, did you study or like learn a trade to do those, the say the shop fitting and the signs and stuff, or is that something you kind of learned on the job? Like that you, like you're... I think, no, just, just kind of learned with my friend, yeah. you know, just getting in into the swing of things. So nothing I studied for. Yeah, it's cool. So like, apart from the, the business that you're currently setting up, like CrossFit could stop in the morning and you'd be fine, really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is that a conscious thing? Like, did you, like, did you decide, oh, I better have a plan B and a plan C in case? Listen, I think um, CrossFit, when we opened the box, it was always something I was passionate about. So I opened it not to uh, make it an income for myself or yeah. the only income. I always worked with my father from after I left school. So CrossFit was more like the escape for myself because I trained all the time anyway. So we opened that. And then obviously we wanted as many members that kind of wanted the same mindset, get people fit, healthy. Um, you know, we don't charge an arm and a leg for CrossFit here, especially from our box. I think we're actually one of the cheapest in the country. Um, and then, yeah, it was just to get people through the door, kind of share our passion to the people that wanted to come through the door. When did you open? So we opened in 2013, January. And that was like your first uh that was your first proper competitive year was it no so 2013 i was quite injured 2014 was probably one of the best and then 2015 was when we had the super regionals with europe and africa meridian or, and then yeah. that's obviously when things started getting quite serious when i started going overseas and traveling a bit more for comps and stuff and what were your parents so if you were working with your dad was he like you know supportive of you like taking time out to go and do stuff or was he like oh you need to knock that shit on the head and like look ca- cable ties are your life <laughs> <laughs> no so with i mean obviously with the with the comps and stuff being over the weekend it was okay, pretty yes. easy and and traveling to europe it was a lot easier than going to the states or australia so europe was pretty easy to you could kind of leave on a thursday and then fly back on a Sunday mm. and kind of carry on with work because you don't have that flight. I mean, the time difference. Yeah, it's all pretty much the same. So that was pretty easy. So you you just really competing on the weekend. Did you say you were injured in 2013? Sorry, what's that? Did you say you were injured in 2013? Yes. Yeah, I injured my back quite badly beginning of 2013, and then the opens and regionals didn't go too well, but I still competed. And then you kind won fitness in South Africa in 2013, though, didn't you? um in the open i think yes yeah injured um (laughs) i think i've actually been injured every year i mean that's just crossfit i think (laughs) yeah your resume is ridiculous though so like so you're fittest in south africa for eight years in a row yeah um that surely that has to be the longest run like globally for one person to consistently be the fittest in their country i'd say hmm, i'm thinking maybe kristen holte might be or there. maybe Annie. I think she's also, although she's got Catherine and Sarah, so I don't know how it's gone the last yeah, couple Or BKG years. actually would be a good shout. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, that's remarkable though. I, like, um, I was curious, like, so <laughs> I'm trying to think of a, a diplomatic way to ask. So like, do you think that you being in South Africa has 
helped you to be more successful as an athlete, as in you can be more consistently dominant because the field is thinner maybe than say if you were, if you lived in like Boston or something, like you've got a thicker field in Boston and a broader field and more, more people as well and more gyms and more coaches. Um, so maybe it's helped you to perform as an athlete, but has it afforded you less opportunities within the ecosystem of the sport compared to if you were an athlete at your level, but living in Boston or living yeah. in California where, you know, I look at like, say the number of Instagram followers of athletes based in the USA versus their counterparts based in Europe, South Africa or Australia is like, it does not add up. The math does not add up where people who aren't as successful have more yeah. followers and vice versa. Yeah. Um. So then like, I'm just curious of, say, do you think that you've had less opportunities to earn away from the competition floor, but more opportunities maybe to take to the competition floor because of where you're based? I think you could look at it both ways, a positive and a negative. Um, if I was in a more competitive field, um, I'd probably push myself more mm. all the time and probably I wouldn't have lasted this long. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, the longer you go, the more competitive it gets, especially you see overseas like Europe, I mean, there's a whole new field of athletes going to the games this year. Um, so over the years, it's actually gotten more competitive, whereas South Africa, I think we've kind of fallen off the bandwagon a little bit, especially the way things changed with the whole format of going to regionals and stuff. I think a lot of South Africans lost interest because they thought, well, there's no more regionals. What's the point? Um, but then on the other hand, with it being less competitive, so what I've did from 2015 was my own initiative to better myself as an athlete I started traveling to Europe like I said to to compete against the guys in Europe to better myself you know Mm. kind of invested in my CrossFit um, career so and that's what I did initially you know for myself if I'd stayed here I probably wouldn't have been as good or you know kind of punched my ticket to the games when I did in 2017 Mm. so yeah do you th- do you think you've missed out then? Do you, like, do you ever look at say, um, trying to think of a counterpart? You're a tricky one to find a counterpart for in America <laughs> because of I suppose your age <laughs> makes it difficult. Because as you say, you've probably gone on longer than like you, you would have had more intense years, maybe like a a a, yeah. a brighter, shorter flame, I suppose. Yeah, um, exactly. That's how I look at it as well. Yeah. Do you think that like have you? Uh, do you ever look at the athletes in America and think like, oh, why aren't there like that many companies in South Africa? Or why aren't there, why aren't they like, why isn't there an, as, as many opportunities for the likes of me versus, you know, people who live in America? Yeah, I don't think so. You know, I try not to look at, I actually don't follow that many CrossFit athletes except for some of the top guys. So I'm not too sure what those guys are doing. Hmm. But like I said the other day to someone, I said, as long as I, can compete even internationally and locally if i can compete and be competitive at the highest level then i'll compete but you know if i'm if i'm not competitive anymore then there's no point in competing um i think my last international comp was dubai for the 2020 season i think it was the end of 2019 and i mean i was coming second third yeah i finished up seventh because i injured myself and i lost field as well 
but yeah, and it was a full stack field. I mean, I was beating Pat Valner going into the last day. I was beating BKG and I was lying third. So I thought, geez, if I can still be this competitive at this level, then I'll keep going. Hmm. Um, and that's kind of how I see it. I just kind of, I think it's a lot of, lot to do with mindset as well. So as long as I can be there, I can be up there, then, you know, I will compete. Do you, would you call yourself a professional athlete then? I think yes and no. Like I said, I don't do this full time and I don't do yeah. it for a salary, but you know, I am very competitive internationally. Yeah. So, so yes and no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you were always in the, the Meridian and the, and the African regional, uh, like you mentioned there, 2013 to 17. And then yeah. you were uns- unsuccessful as far as a games ticket goes, I suppose, those first four years. And then in the fifth year, you, you qualified um, yeah. out of the Meridian. Like, was that something, like, do you think that was always on the cards or were there times during those first four years where you were like, no, fuck this, like, uh, it's not going to happen, I'll just leave it? Definitely. I, you know, when I started CrossFit in 20, when did I start? 2008. And obviously we were watching the guys like Jason Kalipa, Mika Salo, Chris Spieler, all those guys. And I was like, I'm going to make it there. I wanted to get there. 20, 2009 was our first sectional, I think it was back then called. Yeah. And um, yeah, I should have gone that year. I should have gone the next year. I, I kept coming second every year. And um, yeah, it was frustrating. But I knew that I would eventually get there. It was just a mindset that I had that I will get to the games. And then I think the big turn, like you said, that I ever think of stopping was 2014. Uh, the regionals. I was probably the fittest and the strongest I've ever been. But 2013, when I said I injured myself, I took that whole year off to get right, get strong, get fit, and actually be like a top contender to, you know, eventually get or finally get my ticket to the games. And um, one of the workouts at the regionals in 2014, I failed rope climbs. It was that 10 rounds rope climb sprint. And it wasn't even a a worry workout for me because I was so good at rope climbs. But I failed the rep in the last, that 10th rep. And I kept failing and kept failing. And it actually, I was leading up until that point. And that workout actually stopped me from going to the games that year. Um, And then I was, after that, that whole next week, I kind of decided, you know, that's it. I'm done competing. I'm sick and tired of trying. I had tried for six years before that. So, and then I I think two weeks after that, I kind of, you know, told myself listen i can do it i just need to knuckle down forget what's happened use it as like a learning experience and then just keep trying and um yeah i think from 2015 just just changed everything and then eventually in 2017 it happened <laughs> it took forever <laughs> and um you did you you won rookie of the year in 2017 is that right no so Ricky was Ricky of the year because he came third. Yeah. But then there was a lady. There was a girl. I'm trying to think. There was a girl that finished higher than me. Okay. I think she finished fifth in the ladies division. So you're like main um, rookie of the year. Put her as rookie of the year. Yeah. So yeah. unfortunately, I missed it. <laughs> well, we'll call you male rookie of the year. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Excellent. I was trying to think of a mix between male and rookie and all I got was mucky and I said like, it doesn't sound right so I'll leave it. Um, <laughs> is that like, is that a weird, um, 
you're obviously in contention for it, like for rookie of the year. Uh, you know, there's obviously like there's been discussion about it, we'll say. Is that a yeah. weird thing to have talked about for you when I mean you were what were you 32 or nearly 32 at the time? Um yeah, I think I was. Is that weird uh, to, to hear rookie banded around when you're 32? That is so old. No. <laughs> Because it was my first games. I mean, listen, yeah. when, when I went there, I think all the guys I was competing against had been there for many years before. So, you know, for being first time at the games, it was, you know, it wasn't a worry or problem for me. Do you think your agent is, is a an advantage or a disadvantage? Like, obviously it is what it is, but yeah, if, if I compare myself, like I'm 30, 32 now, which I realized yesterday. I actually thought I was 31 until yesterday, and then I realized I was 32 yesterday. I was doing a body scan. And I had to change my age on it. I was like, oh, man. Um, <laughs> but do you, uh, if I think back to when I was 22, like I was a fucking asshole. Like I had no grasp of <laughs> no. maturity or, you know, I didn't, there was so much I didn't understand, but I thought I knew everything. Whereas now you have that added maturity of like, okay, exactly. even with workouts, I look at a workout and I think, mm, I probably need to go a bit easier on the bike here because like the handstand's going to be a nightmare or whatever. Yeah. Do you think that obviously workouts and recovery might be a bit more difficult for a 32 year old or a 37 year old or a 36 year old compared to a 23, yeah. 24 year old. But then obviously the mental side of the game, maybe you have, a greater muscle at your disposal there compared to a 22 or 23 year old for sure i think you can look at like both sides of the coin there you've got you know you're getting older it takes a lot longer to warm up and recover you know it's not as easy as what i was back in the day um or well not back in the day but a few years before um whereas the experience side and the age does play in my favor i think a little bit because you kind of had that experience for so many years actually works i think in my advantage i've always said that crossfit is a is a time-based thing unless you're rich froning or matt fraser you just come into the game and just kill everyone but they had a good background before sporting background so Mm. that played you know that played into their favor but with crossfit there's so many different aspects of fitness uh with your swimming and your endurance and then you've got your your gymnastics and your weightlifting so you know to come into the sport and be so good off the bat is very rare you kind of need to build that experience. Like you say, with workouts, how do I attack this workout, this and that, you know? So, you know, just over your experiences that will give me an advantage, I think. Yeah. It's even perspective, like even the, just as a, like even taking the athlete side of it away, like even just as a human, like you have more perspective, you know, at, at from in your like mid to late thirties, you know more who you are and like what exactly. you're about than when you're 20 yeah. like you don't have a clue who you are no. when you're 20 and if you do like fair play you're really well-rounded but yeah. a lot of the time i think you think you know who you are and you think you know what makes you tick and i think when you're in your mid like well i'm, I'm technically still in my early 30s but when you're in your 30s <laughs> i think you have more of a grasp of like why you're doing what you're doing and you can talk to kids and teenagers and people in the 20s and you can talk about you know what's your why and you know like what are your goals and wh- why do you want to get there and how are you going to get there but like you, it's so Majority difficult of to, them will not even know yeah it's so yeah. even they'll say the right things but it's the it's the flicking on the switch is so difficult at that age yeah. compared to later on um he yeah, says it takes a very special person like i said rich 
Froning, yeah. Matt Frazier. I mean, they, they both did it and they were obviously very switched on before. Yeah. That's why they were so competitive in their previous, you know, sports and stuff. Mm. Um, you were back in 2019 then. Um, and you yes. made it through the first, the first few rounds of cuts. Yeah. Did you enjoy that season? No. <laughs> because of the cuts or because of the depth of field or it was it was actually such a funny year or the at the game so i actually injured my back two weeks prior to the games quite badly i couldn't even walk um i slipped a disc went to the cairo saw him um and i struggled to walk that next couple of days but you know that following that week following was actually got a lot better i could start moving and stuff and then we obviously flew out that following weekend to the games or to Madison. And then, you know, I started warming up training in the training hall. It was the first time I actually started lifting some weight at the at the venue. Oh no, it was madness. And then two days before, I ate something off, and I I was in bed for the whole next day with um you know I was complete I had food poisoning. So then. We had obviously the first cut, the workout, which was actually a very good workout for me. I think I finished 11th. Yeah. But um, yes, I struggled so much with the workout, which I shouldn't because it was such a good workout. But I, And I actually finished pretty well considering I felt so terrible the days and the weeks leading up to that workout. But then I think after that workout, my body just hit like a complete low and like a flat spot. So the, the workouts following that, I just couldn't recover enough to actually try and see me through you know the rest of the weekend and i think just like i bombed out i think i finished 29th or something for that weekend yeah yeah it was terrible do you regret going to the games that year then uh, it was uh, i think just the setup and stuff was just it was actually shitty you know for previous games athletes comparing the years before and then going 2019 it was just i think it was just I think it was for athletes going there was just to show off athletes. It wasn't, it didn't even feel like the games anymore because you had so many athletes competing. I mean, it was 175 guys or something, you know, it just felt like there was, it was sort of, it felt like a festival of CrossFit. Didn't feel like the games. Mm. Um, and that was a lot of the athletes, what, what we were discussing as well when you were, when you were speaking. So it actually didn't feel like the games that year. And with me bombing out to 29th, although I would have liked to have finished the weekend because it was such good workout for me. Um, you know, unfortunately I got cut and, you know, you couldn't really finish the weekend. So I wasn't disappointed, but also going into the weekend feeling so shit, I, I wasn't actually bothered, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm just picturing like all the previous games athletes on one side of the room and all the first timers on the other side of the room. And <laughs> like, that's, you don't that's belong exactly here. what it was like though. It's exactly how it was. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we're just sitting back watching all these guys. I mean, that first cut, the workout, I mean, we had guys in the, the warm-up area, the warm-up hall, trying to snatch their one rep max, 185 pounds for a fur for one rep. And uh, I think how many of seven times four, there were 28 reps in the workout yeah. and the guys couldn't even do one rep. And we we're just looking and going like, this is an absolute joke. As bad as it sounds coming from an athlete, you want them to do well, but it was, it was just, just wasn't, it didn't feel like the best of the best were there that year. And it was just, it was just kind of like a circus. 
So, yeah, I'm glad they changed that. Would you rather have had, say, if, the, if those, would you rather have had not have had those people there? Or would you rather, like, not have done, say, the national champion thing? Um, which is how so many people ended up there, I guess. Or would yeah. you rather have had um, easier program or different programming at the start? Like, I'm sure if you did the Rook run and Workout 1, you still would have had pretty fit yeah. people left at the end and, you know, people struggling, but maybe not as obviously, I suppose. Yeah. Look, listening, uh, I mean, looking at the workouts, that first workout was a good test because it was yeah. running, rope climbs, gymnastics, and some weightlifting. So it was a good test. So to cut off the field, okay, it was pretty brutal, but it kind of eliminated your national champions because they got there because they were the fittest in their country. Mm. It eliminated those guys straight off, straight off the bat. They spent all that money getting there. What a waste. I mean, it was just a waste of time and money. But anyway, and then after workouts after that, um, kind of got a little bit better for the athletes that were a little bit fitter and stronger. Mm. Um, although that workout, I think it was Friday night, where that AMRAP, that 20-minute AMRAP, it was favored to all the small, I mean, I don't want to sound like this, but it was favoring all the smaller, smaller athletes. So the bigger guys, I think Brentford Kowski, all of us were all kicked out of that because it was just a terrible workout to cut another half the field. So some of the workouts were good, but then some of them were like, probably shouldn't have done that at that time to cut so many people. Yeah. Probably could have saved it for like the last day or something. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like, I don't know, I think a lot of that was Castro's mm, petulance might be the wrong word, but like annoyance at the fact that all this stuff was put on him. And he was yeah. like, okay, I'll include them, but this is how, what's going to, it's going to like, it's going on day one, it's going to be like, fuck you guys, you're gone. And then fuck yeah, you guys, exactly. you're gone. Like, you know, yeah. I think he, it was, a lot of it was like, he didn't want it to happen that way. So he, his, yeah, no. He you was know. so uninterested in that that year at the games. It was you could see it straight away. I mean, fortunately, I had been there in 2017, so I had the chance to experience what the games was actually like yeah. before. So to see him, I mean, we had an athletes dinner one of the nights, I think a Tuesday or whatever night. So all the athletes were there, individual athletes. I think Dave Castro came in. He said, "How's it, guys? Good luck for the games," and then he left. <laughs> and I mean, compared to previous years where he's like, he's so excited. This is going to be the toughest year ever. And then he brings out some odd object that you're going to have to compete with, you know, the, the sled, whatever, or a board. And um, I mean, it was just like he was, he had lost interest. And then for us athletes, okay, some of the guys that hadn't been there before, they were so excited. They were like, wow. But for us, it was just like, oh, you know, you've lost interest. You know, so have we a little bit. Mm so yeah uh it changed again like but by the signs of it there then at the end of 2019 was there another moment then of like fuck this i'm out or when the season changed afterwards were you like all right okay i'll you know we'll go again yeah i think 2019 a lot of guys lost interest i did as well because it was just such a shit format for athletes to get to the games you know the routine of or the structure they had of open regionals games was it's, it's the best platform because it eliminates all the gym guys that are 
competitive in their gyms, you know, during the open. You get to a live competition at regionals, and then it, from regionals, you get to the games. But you limit kind of what we're sitting at at the moment with yeah. the yeah. quarterfinals and semifinals, yeah. So it's a good stepping stone to get to the games. And those are the top athletes. And if you suck on the day of regionals or the weekend of regionals, then that's unfortunate. That's just how competition goes. But if you're good and you're uh, consistent and you make it, then you make it to the games and well done. Because there's a lot of, like I always say, online competition is not a true test of a CrossFit, CrossFit athlete's potential. Guys are very good in their own space with no other competitors around. They can bang out 100 chest to bar unbroken. They can snatch 140. But if you put them next to someone or there's a judge counting in front of you, I mean, the oak will bomb out. There was a guy in 2019, that Greek guy, I forget his name, Leftus, Kropodopoulos, oh, yeah, whatever. Some push-ups, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So he won the Open. And I think the Open that year was in September or October yeah. where they switched it around. So he won the Open worldwide, which was very good. But then in December, we had the um, fittest in Dubai. He, he qualified for that and competed. I didn't even know he was there until someone told me after the competition. But he came 50th. I think that was last place in Dubai. So it kind of proves that online competition, yes, sometimes guys are good and sometimes guys are good at both online and live competition. But I don't think it's the be all and end all of, okay, you qualified first in the open, there you can now go to the game. So I think it's a terrible way to do it. So you need that live competition aspect. Even though what they've done now with quarterfinals, I mean, the semifinals going online, it, I mean, it's unfortunate that they had to do that because of the restrictions, but I don't think it's a true test of athletes' potential for them to get to the games. Mm. It's just, it just sucked, but I mean, that's where we stand at the moment worldwide. This year, like South Africa, the, the fitters in Cape Town seemed to beat the um, level four lockdown that was approaching, I suppose. Um, yeah. And you got your live competition in. Um, yeah. Like, to say you dominated would probably be an understatement. So you were in first place from the first workout until the podium on Sunday. Um, How? I don't know. <laughs> is there a, like, do you feel under pressure when you're at a competition like that? Um, are you like, are you just doing enough to finish first, like to qualify? Or are you pushing yourself as hard as you physically possibly can to see where you're at? regardless of the field that you're up against? So going into first in Cape Town, it was actually, I, 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 to be honest, I wasn't even going to compete that weekend. Um, I hurt my back quite badly in December. Or this January. is a common trend. You need to get your back. So, I know. Like... <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm actually seeing a specialist next week, but that's another whole nother story. Um, so I hurt my back quite badly because I always have back issues. I think yeah. with squatting and lifting, I think my back's just taking its toll and, and the age obviously plays its role. But so I, I actually wasn't even going to compete because looking at the workouts with the snatches and the D-ball cleans. So I hurt it again two weeks before, no, a week before Fittis in Cape Town. And um, that's your alarm. So turn it off. Sorry, that's mine. <laughs> 
I was like, what um, is going on? Okay. Yeah, no, I could see you looking. Because you weren't reacting. And I was like, is it in this room? Why is it <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry, you were just tell me if there's noise going on here because I've also got the kids <laughs> at the house here. Um, so where was I? So I heard it a week before Cape Town. And then I thought, oh my goodness, I'm not even going to compete because of the workouts with the snatches and the D-wall cleans, I thought I actually can't lift anything. I was... That week, I was actually struggling to tie my shoelaces. So I, I actually didn't do anything that whole week leading up to Fittis in Cape Town. Um, and I thought, let me start with one workout at a time and see how it goes. If I can't do anything, then I'll just obviously pull out. Um, but the first workout I did in, uh, in a week was workout one. Went well, I won it, but it was all fitness-based, so there was no lifting. Yeah. It was on the rower, it was on the bike, and then the ski erg. But I won it because I was pretty, I was in fairly decent shape, but I had no lifting. So I thought, okay, cool, let's go. And then the second workout was the snatches. It was a snatch ladder or pyramid. And then it went all the way up to 120 kilos. And I, I was struggling to lift 50 kilos off the floor. And I thought, okay, let me just maybe pull out before the event. So I don't look like an idiot on the floor that I can't even snatch 85. But then I don't know what happened. I've done a lot of meditation and stuff that whole week. And um, I ended up actually finishing the workout and winning the workout as well, which I was amazed at. But then, so that, that was incredible. I got two first places after day one. Um, into day two, there was no heavy lifting. So I thought, let me just take the next workout as it comes. Went to the third workout did it fourth workout i finished and i was still lying in first but i was worried about sunday because there were heavy d balls and thrusters which was all squatting and my back you know at the end of the weekend i didn't think it was going to hold up so i thought shit i can actually win this thing let me just try and do as much as i need to not bomb out but try and finish fairly decent and that was just the goal on Sunday. I think I finished fifth and then third mm. in the last two workouts. And then, yeah, I finished at the top, which was okay. I mean, I obviously won it. But like when you asked, did I go balls to the wall? Definitely not. I was, the whole weekend was a conservative, yeah. you know, just do as much as I needed to, to get through the weekend. And that's kind of what it was. Who's, so, yeah. um, who's your biggest challenger that you feel is coming up? In South Africa, so going into first in Cape Town or this year, it, it, it was uh, Keelan Henry. So he's a South African. He's living in France. He's only really come up the last two years. Um, before that, we've never heard of him before. But first in Cape Town was his first live event or live competition. Mm. Um, and there's a lot to, like I said, there's a lot to learn in live competition. So he, I think, he finished in fifth, fifth or seventh. But he's been with the online comps and the open. He's done very well. I think he won this open this year. So he did very well. And he's very fit and he's a very good competitor. So I think in the next couple of years, he's going to be a good, a good competitor. Would you ever like father any of those kind of people? Like, would you ever like call him over and be like, if you need help, like, let me know. I like the <laughs> changing of the guard kind of thing. Or are you kind of like, fuck you, man. <laughs> it's the goal time. <laughs> Listen, with certain people, I, I am like that. I'll just say, listen, you do what you need to. Um, but 
like on Keelan's side, I actually said, like, if you need any help with anything, just let me know because he he's a genuine guy, and you know he, he's a, also you also want those good ambassadors for the sport. Yeah. Um, is so, he the biggest? Is he the biggest um, uh, sign of potential you've seen in say those whatever seven eight years that you were fittest in South Africa? Is he the biggest that you've seen like pushing? I think so, yeah, and he's got the potential to be. So, I think yes, you know, he obviously needs a like I said that live competition. Mm. He needs a, a few more of those, um, and it just comes with experience and obviously, you know, over the years competing live. So, I think, buddy, he definitely can get there. And do you think the you mentioned earlier on that since two thousand nineteen, uh, or since two thousand eighteen when they got rid of regionals, that the the kind of love affair with South Africa and CrossFit kind of dwindled a little bit from the competitive side. Do you think that is that coming back now? Do you think? I think so. Yeah. The way things have changed this year, definitely. Um, it'll give guys more opportunity to fight for going to fit in Cape town and competing mm. against, okay. Say some of the top guys in the country or the continent. And then from there, you know, if the weekend goes well and maybe spots will open in the coming years, you know, so it won't just be one. It might be top three or two. Yeah. Then yeah, it gives guys it gives guys a little bit more ambition to compete and be competitive. Yeah, one of the things I find most frustrating it was on the same weekend as Torian, and the yeah. the disparity between coverage for Cape Town versus coverage for Torian and all the other events. So like all of the events were available on the CrossFit. If you just went onto YouTube, CrossFit page, watch live, watch a recap of the live event, watch whatever. Every time I went on to you had to go to the Fitness and Cape Town website yeah. to watch. It wasn't on YouTube. And every time I went on, I'd be, it started in the middle of like coverage. And I was like, okay, like, what are we watching here? And they'd be like, rower, bike, wait a minute. I was like, this is the first event. And then I'd be like, okay, maybe I mistimed <laughs> it. So I go away and then I come back after a couple of hours and I'd click play and it'd be rower, bike. What the fuck is going on? I kept seeing the same event. So I kept seeing you win that first event. I say I watched that like four times. And then I was just oh, like, awesome. okay, I don't know what's going on. Oh, thanks. But like, do you think that uh, there's a gap between uh, some countries or some continents from, say, the HQ perspective or from CrossFit? Do you think that that there's some places, obviously, I suppose it's, it's a investment on their part where they look at the numbers of open competitors. Like that's why there was one of each uh, team, male and female from fitness in yeah. Cape town, because it's like, okay, well, how many open applicants were there? How many open contestants or whatever versus say yeah. Europe, which had five. Um, yeah. So then like, does it frustrate you as a South African competitor when you see the coverage that the other events are getting and you see the, the, um opportunities that are afforded to the other uh competitions versus say fitness in cape town doing their own coverage on their own website and it's more tricky to find and it's more difficult to gain access to yeah i'd say yes and no but because you've got fitness in cape town so they fit i think they fitted most of the bill for the whole event yeah so and it and it's it's quite difficult on their half or their side because you don't have much support in the country in crossfit yeah. it's not like any of the other sports whereas overseas is probably a lot bigger and better and you've got that support from sponsors and whatnot to pull off an amazing event get coverage that you know it's a professional 
coverage team that can, you know, cover the, the event. Whereas for us in Cape Town, they had to fit a lot of the stuff them, themselves. But do you think CrossFit should be like stepping should in? Should be there, grants yeah. available or something? Yeah, for sure. And it's it's unfortunate that we are kind of in the bottom of the earth. You know, we are in CrossFit's eyes, but I do also understand from their side because you don't have that many competitive athletes competing against the rest of the world. So I do understand that. And hopefully things will change. But it's also very difficult as South Africans to be competitive in a sport. And I said this on another podcast where you're having to pay so much money to be a competitor. And I think hopefully this gets out, and I'm sure CrossFit, I don't think it'll ever change its ways, but for CrossFit to grow, especially in South Africa and probably around the world, they need to stop charging athletes to compete, to showcase the sport of fitness. Because I think it's the only sport in the world where athletes actually have to pay to compete. And that's with every level. I mean, I found out yesterday with one of the guys, he's doing the LCQ. I think it's another $50 or something to do the LCQ. I mean, why does he have to pay more money to now do the online qualifier to try and get to the games? And if he does qualify, he's going to have to pay $300 to get to the games, like I've had to two weeks ago. I mean, it's just... And then, so and then we have to fit the bill to even get there with flights, accommodation, and everything. It's so just much, very expensive. It was, it was fifty dollars. What was it? Four, uh, twenty dollars for the open, isn't it? Twenty what, for the open. Yeah. What was quarterfinals? Fifty dollars for the uh, the quarterfinals. So fifth, so seventy. So then it was two hundred and fifty dollars for Fittis in Cape Town, which is semifinals. Yeah. So three twenty. And then. Now fifty dollars for LCQ, and then three hundred. And then games. You, yeah, I think it was two eighty or three hundred, somewhere around about there. Okay, so six. Fuck, I'm so I bad mean, at maths. Six seventy. <laughs> if I mean, uh, that's a shitload of money, it's like almost eight, probably eight thousand rand. Six fifty times fifteen. Six fifty times fifteen. Yeah. It's nine thousand seven hundred. So just short of ten thousand rand. Is that a kid or your rand. wife? That's my wife. Oh, I was going to say, that kid is really good at maths. <laughs> and she's got a calculator in front of her. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah, um, that's, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, it's, for South Africans, I mean, we 15 to 1, or 1 to 15 to the dollar. So that's a lot of money for us. Um, I'm fortunate. Okay, I've got some sponsors that can help out with money here and there. But, you know, for the guys to get competitive, yeah, they're having to fork that kind of money out just to go and compete. And that's mm. without even travel, getting there, flights. You know, it's it's just it, it ends up being. I mean, I'm probably gonna have to fork out fifty grand just to for flights and accommodation to get to the games. That's excluding the entrance money. Fifty grand what? Dollars. Fifty thousand rand. No, no, oh, no. Fucking rand. hell! I was like, Jesus, that's a house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fifty thousand, which is probably what ten thousand US. No, not no, no. It's about five thousand. Yeah, somewhere around about there. So yeah, it's a lot of money. Yeah, you may get your cap out, go busking in the streets or something, and try and drum up. Yeah, some. exactly. That's why we're having to do fundraisers and stuff like that. Yeah, it is like it's funny because I suppose that one of the the 
most appealing things about CrossFit is a community and it's one of the best things about it. And it's one of the things that everybody loves, but then yeah. there must come a point in time where I look at say um, you or Royce, who's like, you know, competing a similar amount of time and has been to the games and stuff. There must come a time where it becomes like, oh, I can't ask again, like for like, it's embarrassing yeah. selling a t-shirt to earn, exactly. to raise money to go. Like you know, when you're, sure. as you say, when you wanted to be a professional sport and you want to be a professional athlete within that sport, every time yeah. you qualify, you're like, Oh, uh, Hey fans, can I have some money please to, <laughs> to go? Yeah. Um, and, and, and the guys must be thinking like, geez, surely you've like, you know, you, you don't need to pay to go as an athlete anymore. You know, you're a games athlete. And it's actually no. You still need to fork out so much money to get there. Like everyone thinks I get paid by CrossFit to go and compete. But that's mm. not the case. I'm having to actually pay more because every year their fees go up. Yeah. So I think people as well, then, people have a, have a, in general, I've learned it from doing the podcast even like where I don't make a red cent off it. But I think people yeah. assume because I'm talking to people who are like famous within the ecosystem that like I must have access to like I've got like Rogue sending me gear and I've got like, you know, Concept <laughs> sending me bikes. And it's like I'm saving everything so I can get T-shirts made or I'm saving everything so I can like yeah. upgrade my laptop so I have memory. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I think no, yeah, exactly. people, people, people watch. But I suppose it's the it's the. It's the view that the athletes perpetuate where it's like, this is success and this is, you know, because you're showing the highlights. So it's like, this is success. Yeah. This is, you know, thanks to my sponsors who, you know, if you're sponsored by a drinks company, they might send you drinks and like, maybe that's it uh, for an hour yeah. or whatever. But then people are yeah. looking at that saying, well, they probably got like $2,000 for, for saying those drinks are good. Or, you know, that I think people have like this kind of, they, they, yeah, they associate it with like say soccer players who get like 10 grand for drinking a bottle of Pepsi. Right. And they right. think that like, oh, well, that's it's obviously just a fraction of that, whereas in reality, yeah, it's sure. maybe nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah definitely. And um, I mean, it's just talking on that, like people have no idea. I heard the other day from one of my members, she was at another box competing this last weekend. And there's some guys from Pretoria, which is down the road from where I live, they actually think I live in the US. <laughs> Like I'm, I was like, how the hell do they think that? Like, it must be I'm maybe they're following my gyms in here, and they're like following yeah, Jason Carroll instead. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Maybe they're following the wrong Jason Smith. <laughs> but yeah, they think I'm in the states, and they think that's why I'm so good because I'm competing in the states and uh, training with the guys in the states. So like, I don't know. Some Oaks heads are in the clouds. Um, <laughs> what are what are your aspirations? So if you if you can get to the games, and if everything if everything goes smoothly where you're allowed to bubble in you know your aunt's place and train regularly and yeah. you know if, if you have your your best laid plan comes to pass what are your aspirations for the games this year um yeah like you said if everything goes well i've got a meeting next so uh, on an appointment next week with my specialist to try and sort my back out hopefully it's almost there for the games i've got a couple of weeks left so and then um yeah i think i think i can be really competitive um I've competed against most of the top guys there anyway. It's nice that it's a lot smaller field compared mm. to the, the year before. Um, so, yeah, I think I can at least top 10 and I would even push for a top five, to be Excellent. honest. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, like, have you... So, say if you finish, like, fifth. Yeah. Is that, like, 
2022 is a is a goal like you know okay let's keep going or if you finish fifth are you like thanks and goodbye uh, that's fine for yeah, me yeah i might i might pull a phrase and say okay i'm gonna stop while i'm <laughs> at the yeah. top of my my game but i don't know like i said as long as i'm able to and as long as i'm competitive i think i will always compete i just it's just such a i think i'm very competitive not that i have to win like you know the mat phrases and stuff but as long as i'm competitive and I'm enjoying it, then I think I'll just keep competing, you know. Even if it might be masters, I'll make that decision when it comes. But yeah, I think I'll just carry on forever if I yeah. can. If you're lamenting the money in uh CrossFit, I'm not sure masters is gonna be much better. <laughs> <Probably laughs> yeah. Less opportunities. I'll stay, I'll stay with the individuals for as long as I can. It seems to be though, I will say I interviewed Dan Bailey the other week and seeing him doing yeah. masters and James Hobart and there's other people like that can only strengthen. I'm sure if you did venture oh, yeah, into masters, sure. it would only strengthen the field and strength. Like it'll lift the stage up, like, which is, I think what it needs. Yeah, for you know, sure. I mean, all the, all the old top competitors are now in that bracket of masters. So it's like the, you know, it's like the legendary division. It's not the masters. I don't see it as. <laughs> yeah. I remember a few years ago talking to one of my friends and saying like, Oh, and like, you know, 2025 or 2026 i'll be a master's like I, i'll make a good run at that year and they were like you know that everyone that's your age now will also be in that age group and i was like oh shit <laughs> yeah i forgot oh, about those it. guys <laughs> yeah exactly um well, look we finished with a quick fire yeah and um, so they're all either or um row or ski row a bike or run run dumbbell or barbell mm, barbell snatch or clean snatch um a thousand double unders or 300 thrusters thousand double unders <laughs> yeah and never walk again um yeah. golf or crossfit oh that's a tough one uh both a <laughs> <laughs> golf with a barbell <laughs> yeah yeah perfect or a weighted vest yeah. <laughs> um, well, listen, Jason, thanks a million um, for coming on. And uh, no, thanks uh, well, for having me, man. Thank you very much. A great start to the day hearing that there's been changes on the traveling front. That's yeah, for sure. Really good. Um, yeah. Yeah. Look, we wish you all the best with um, this the rest of the season, and we're hoping I'm hopeful that things will go as smoothly uh, as possible for you. And I'm really yeah, looking forward for sure. to seeing how you can do. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you very much, man. And thanks for having me on. <laughs>